Hello and welcome to episode 24 of The Codec Call, the CodecMoments.com podcast. Uh, with me today is Dr. Matthew Holt. Hello. Hi, Doctor. Uh, and I'm Andy Brown at Clinical Andy on Twitter. Do you do you, do you twit? I, I twit occasionally. Um, using at Codec Moments. Fabulous stuff. Um, so this is great. We're using we're using video chat to look at each other. Yeah, because because once again we're not in the same room like we were for the last recording, and this is making things quite a bit easier. It's good, isn't it? I'm in Scotland. Um, and I'm in Yorkshire. Yes, and I've be honest, I was feeling a little bit smug because that that memory card that I um, pulled out of nowhere just before uh, we started recording, Matthew. Mm-hmm. Well, as I was driving up, I suddenly thought, "Oh, I've forgotten to bring my SD card." So I stopped off on the way, picked up an SD card, thought, "Brilliant, I'm not going to get to the recording," and then realised that you know I don't have the essentials that I need. So you know, I was feeling a little bit smug about my uh, my my organisational skills there excellent unlike you with your batteries and your recorder um until being on a being on a three-day business trip i delved into my bag and uh what have i forgotten the memory card no the the laptop (laughs) that the company provided me to do my work on you what (laughs) all right so um so there's partially being smug and then there's really letting yourself down that that really uh that really deflated quite rapidly. Uh, when I uh, when I was doing my PhD, it was probably my final presentation to the sponsors, and uh, we worked on it really hard for weeks, probably months. In fairness, with all the research we were doing, we travelled all the way down to Gloucester. It was a six-hour drive to get there. Um, set up in the hotel, and my supervisor says, "Right, let's have a final run through." And I'd left everything on the USB stick in the office. Oh, nightmare. Yeah, um, and this was back in the days of dial-up uh, that cost a fortune. So we ended up using dial-up to download an entire presentation. It finished about two in the morning before we could even look through it. Yeah, it was um, tricky. I I wonder how many of our listeners won't even remember what an AOL disc was. I avoided them like the plague. Right, anyway, I, I'm massively digressing. Yes, yes, let's get back on track. <laughs> What's coming up today? So today, we're, we're going to be a little... I think we said last time normal service was going to resume. Um, and then we weren't quite normal because we missed out a couple of regulars. Um, but we are pretty much back to normal service. This time round, um, we're doing a, what we've been playing. We've got our usual news items in WTF. We've got the quiz returning, which you've created today, which I'm a bit nervous about. Um, oh, it's a good one. You've told me what the subject matter is, but nothing else, and, and I'm worried. Um, we've got Rootmaster, because we want an update from you. And then last of all, we've got Codec Momentum. And the Codec Momentum this month is pretty important. So listen, because we're changing a few things. Okay, well, it sounds like a jam-packed agenda. Let's uh, let's crack on. Okay, so games we've been playing since we were last here. Uh, I'll, I'm going to let you kick off, because it, it should be a short one looking at the list. Yeah, yeah, it is a bit. Since we since we last recorded, um, I think I've actually had my PlayStation on three times, and it has been what sixteen days since the last recording. Um, so you can tell how little opportunity I've had to play. In fact, it's not been on in the last four days. It's uh, been a bit busy, but when I have played, it's been decent stuff. And we did Hitman, 
and we did the Gary Busey elusive target. We did do that. It, that was a lot of fun. It was. And the video's up on YouTube of that one. Um, uh, on the Codic Moments YouTube for my attempt and on Clinical Andy's YouTube for his attempt. And I, I've got to say, I think yeah. your attempt wins in terms of style. It was awesome. I mean, I think we've got time to just talk people through what happened. So, um, first of all, Matt stepped up to the plate. Yeah, I went to explain your hit. Yeah, it was. It was a bit. Of, I would think I was a bit of a disadvantage because um, I had no idea where Gary would be um, and what opportunities we'd get. So I went first. Um, and in fairness, we did find him quite quickly. I've spent long periods of time trying to find some of those elusive targets. Um, this time, we kind of stumbled into him, followed him around for a bit, realised he would hang around at the church. So got myself in a nice sniping position, waited for him to stop. Shot him in the head. Not seen. Silent assassin rating. Here we come. Turned round <laughs> and a woman walked into the room and saw me with my sniper rifle. So that was it. Cover blown. And I had to peg it out of there. What did you... Well, you say peg it out of there. What What did you actually do? <laughs> I actually punched the poor woman in the face, knocked her out, and then so, ran away. And bam, I, am not, I am not proud of that at all. It was... I wanted no. a nice, clean quiet all done all dusted and um unfortunately that didn't happen i i hate when stuff like that happens i mean i was i was playing yesterday on the um the new marrakesh summer bonus level you know the the house built on sand yeah and i i thought i'm gonna smoothly take down this guard who was on a rooftop and uh just sneak down these stairs and out and on my way to to get one of the targets and uh Coming up the stairs, there was somebody, and I had a pair of scissors in my hand, and I threw it at his head. I thought, oh, I had to do that. Oh, well, that's one down. But took the scissors out, walked around the corner, another person walking up the stairs, bam, scissors. <laughs> I thought, oh, I can't believe I've just had to kill two people on the stairs, and then walked down, got to the bottom, and somebody else walked through the, through the beads at the bottom of the stairs. So a third like, oh, bam, person. Scissors. Yeah, it was just, honestly, it was, uh, it was a triple scissors kill. It was brilliant. The, the serial scissor killer of Marrakesh. So that was that was your Gary. Yeah, it was my attempt. attempt. So, uh, what, what did you do? Well, after after witnessing your beautiful sniper shot and um, punching a woman in the face, yeah, forget forget the forget the punching the woman bit. It was a gorgeous sniper shot. It was a very nice sniper shot. It's just a shame that you had to punch a woman in the face to. Yeah, uh, all right, to all right. I said, move on, move on. I decided, knowing where Gary was likely to be now, I was going to do something incredibly wily and subtle, and um, you know, a, a really really beautifully executed close quarters kill he stops briefly outside the hairdressers and i thought that's a fabulous opportunity so um i threw an explosive rubber duck at him (laughs) yes (laughs) literally my entire go was over in about three minutes it was fantastic yeah it it was quick it was um a little bit messy i can't say it was neat and clean because you killed one of his bodyguards as well i was quite surprised you didn't kill kill both of them i did kill one of his bodyguards that's true um but it was an unnoticed kill. Yes, yeah. So you got away Nobody with it. You saw me do it. Yeah. <laughs> so um, there you go. No witnesses. Yeah. No. Well done. Well done. <laughs> so yeah. Okay. Hitman was a lot of fun. It, it is. It's been good. And um, we also did it whilst we were in a party chat, so the that the other person could watch um, and sort of comment along. And we were able to put them on YouTube with some commentary from both of us. Uh, the only downside was the ten second audio delay or audio video delay that we had, wasn't it? That. Uh, meant um, you were catching up 
really on what everybody else was doing, but it, it worked reasonably well for us to do that kind of thing. However, I believe you've come up with a new method for us to do some I, uh, some online streaming where we can be in separate locations. I might have, because if, if you look at, the if you do watch the video on my YouTube channel for um, my abuse kill, you'll notice that there's a really, really annoying kind of warble in the background in the audio. And it's I found out it's because the headset that I had, um, so I had a Turtle Beach PX24, which is a lovely little headset, great, gives you direct mic monitoring via a little, a little box, but apparently causes causes massive amounts of noise when you uh, when you stream using it and that is disappointing is that because i nearly picked one of those up on your recommendation mm, yeah it's really really good for uh to be fair good for in-game chat but actually to use it to record anything it wasn't very good so um i decided to try the sony wireless headset yep which is what i have yeah you, you have and i have to say the the side tone wasn't to my liking Mm-hmm. Um, and I wasn't massively happy with it, so I thought I, just, I took it back, and I ended up buying a set of Astro A40. <laughs> oh, on, on an impulse, it was chuck money at it. Although you did get a decent discount from what you said, so I did, I did. So um, thanks to the good people at Maplin, and uh, yeah. So the good thing is, it's got a little, it's got a little mix amp on it. Um, it takes the audio feed directly via optical cable. Oh, nice. Uh, and then you can um, you get the chat audio and your USB microphone. Cool. So you can um, you can mix the incoming audio signal and the chat signal on the on the little mixer. And then you've got a stream port on the back, which you can plug straight into your capture device. And that's how I'm going to do it. So we should be able to get all the chat audio and everything out of the little mixer from the A40s, the Mixamp Pro, and. Uh, and stream using that. So that's what we're going to try when uh, when we have 10 minutes actually on a PlayStation together. Yes. Um, that'd be nice because definitely getting rid of that lag. Um, it, it, like I said, we worked around it, but um, not having that immediate knowledge of what was going on on screen made it quite tricky. And uh, yeah, that, w- that will be quite good fun. We need to try that this weekend. Friday night. Yeah, I might be able to do that. Cool. Right. Right. So uh, what else? Um, what else? Uh, I would started playing it last time we talked at Lego Star Wars: The Force Awakens that um, I have now finished and reviewed. So reviews up on the site on that. Uh, but I liked it. I think it's possibly the. It's definitely the best Lego Star Wars game. It's not quite my favourite Lego game because I do have a soft spot for Lego Indiana Jones, um, because that was really good. But um, no, it's it's excellent. It's it is. Probably a little bit better than Lego Marvel's Avengers was. Um, I like the I like the Avengers one, but it, it just felt like they were chucking way too much into it. Whereas this seems a lot more focused, a lot tighter because it's just one movie to deal with, and it has got some nice little backstory missions and stuff that didn't appear in the film. No, it's great. I'd, I'd strongly recommend it. Cool, good stuff. And then after reviewing that, I haven't really had much chance for anything. Um, so it's it's been a little bit of Resident Evil Five, and that's that's it. I'm about uh, where am I? About three quarters of the way through. So I've got um, the second half of Chapter Five and Chapter Six to do, and I don't. There isn't a Chapter Seven, is there? That isn't the ending part on the volcano. I can't remember. I can't. I can't remember. There's that. There's that bit where just as with any Resident Evil game, Wesker just won't die. Yeah, that's just about the last three chapters entirely, I think. 
It's definitely the, all, all the sections <laughs> of chapters. Uh, I'm not overly looking forward to that part, if I'm honest. The, um, I've enjoyed it so far, but I've hit that point where it just seems to be boss fight after boss fight after boss fight, and uh, I'm, I'm getting a bit tired of having no ammo and no decent weapons. So, um, I'm, I'm uh, yeah, I want to get through it. I am enjoying it. I think it has worked as a port to the PS4. I don't think it feels as dated as I worried it would. So, yeah, looking forward to getting to the end. Isn't pretty much the entire last 30 minutes of that game just quick time events? Not quite 30 minutes. I think, um, I think being fair to it, it's 29 minutes, 30 seconds, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's not far off. All right, okay. I remember the stuff. double um, trigger pull to fire the rocket launcher at him. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember that. That L2, was good. L2, R2. Yeah, yeah, I remember that bit. <laughs> Well, you know, you've got to, you've got to have a safety catch. <laughs> Resident Evil 5 was my uh, last of the month. Okay, so I have been, play- well, I've been playing Hitman. I have to say, I'm playing a, quite a bit of the summer bonus levels, and I prefer the Marrakesh one to the Sapienza one. No, I did have a go at the Sapienza one. I streamed that one as well, and I didn't mention it, but um, I think the stream's about 30 minutes long. Go and watch it, because nothing happens for 29 minutes. <laughs> Um, it's just me wandering around the streets and realising how small the map is. Um, then I figure out how to get him and I, I finish it in about 30 seconds. But I didn't get on to the Marrakesh one, but I, I was a little bit disappointed with the Sapienza one. I thought it was a brilliant setup. It just seems too constrictive compared to what we've already done. Yeah, I mean, it looked phenomenal um, and it was, you know, some really interesting elements to it. Don't get me wrong, it, it was great. But... Um, like you say, yeah, it was in a it was in a very small part of the Sapienza map, and it did feel really constrained. Whereas the Marrakesh one is actually a more traditional hitman: find your targets, stalk them, find ways to get to them, and you know utilize the opportunities in the environment around you. It's it's, it's classic hitman. Yeah, it sounds good. I'll, I'll get round to it at some point. Definitely, um, I am looking forward to the next full level in Thailand. Yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm really excited now for more content, and uh, but I'm I have to say, I'm really impressed with how much I've been playing it and still playing it, even though they've only released the the three you know levels, as it were. And that's testament, really, to um to how good it is. Then if it's managed to hold your interest and you're sticking with it, yeah, definitely. So uh, I'm excited about that, and I'm hoping that you know as soon as all this other content's out, they're going to release uh, or they're going to announce a season two. I hope so. I, I hope they carry it on and that we that this isn't just it because they've now got the model to keep adding and adding and adding to it. Um, I hope there's yeah. some nice little surprises yet to come. We know there's three more missions, three more main areas, but I hope we get something like the summer bonus. Maybe we get some winter bonus episodes. Um, maybe around the time it gets its full retail release that we get some extra content. That'd be really nice. I want a 2016 HD remaster of You'd Better Watch Out at Christmas. Yeah, that'd be that'd be really good. So IO, if you're listening, please please gonna have that for Christmas. What else? Yeah, as long as as long as the that is perfect, but they have to have Tuvok in the lift. Yeah. (laughs) Check out the Hitman video on our on our Codec Moments YouTube channel if you um if you're not sure what we're talking about. But there is there's a bit when we're playing through Blood Money and um and you'd better watch out when you get in the lift at the beginning. There's a guy in it and he looks the spitting image of um Tuvok from. Yeah, he does. Star Trek Voyager. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Right, what else have you been playing? Uh, I've played some more Rainbow Six Siege. Cool. Um, which is good. I'm uh, I'm quite looking forward to the new content that's coming. The new content is the Skull Rain update, uh, and it introduces two new operators uh, called Kavira and Capitol. 
Uh, Kavir is a ruthless interrogator who uses her stealth technique, the silent step, to sneak up on her targets undetected. And Capital mm-hmm. is armed with a tactical crossbow which can fire lethal asphyxiating bolts and micro grenades that allow for quick and unexpected attacks. That sounds like quite a lot of fun. Yeah, that yeah, I'd read about that and um it it did make me pause for a minute and think about getting the season pass. In that the operators that they're adding now they're not just variations on what we've already got. They are really adding unique ab- abilities. And that um, idea of choking out a room full of people so you can storm it and, and clear it is brilliant. Yeah, it's tempting. The um, the guy they had in the last update as well had like a little uh, a little ballistic shield you could clip onto your, your weapon. If you're crouching and peeking around corners, you've, you can take a lot more damage than you, you normally would be able to. And that was really appealing yeah. as well. If you buy the season pass, do you automatically get the operators unlocked? You do, yes. Right, so if I see that season pass on sale, uh, which I know won't be until they finish the content, but if I see that on sale, I think I'm going to be getting it. Yeah, it's tempting, isn't it? So, uh, yeah, uh, starting August the 2nd, it's uh, the favela map will be available for all players, and season pass holders will instantly receive the new operators. So, August the 2nd, that's the day we're recording this? It's today, yeah, absolutely. Uh, excellent that'll be why i haven't seen a title update because i've not had my machine on for a few days <laughs> so yes yeah, so that's been good i've been playing uh i've been playing more of that and enjoying it um it's just fun when you when you're mic'd up with friends it is just a lot of fun even if your your co-op combat partner does um utilize fuses grenade launcher in the room the hostage happened to be in were you playing with graham i was yes <laughs> <laughs> but it's okay i got him back later by um basically blowing him up with a breach charge again. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh or say nice, but nice. <laughs> I just, that's not what what actually happened. It wasn't a breach charge at all, actually. Um, I was playing one of the operators and I forgot I didn't have any breach charges. Right. So I went up to the wall and I went to put a breach charge on the wall and then my character just pulled the pin on a grenade. <laughs> <laughs> and I just had this moment of, I've got to let go of this. So I ran back <laughs> and lobbed it at the wall which i was um trying to put a breach charge on and it it blew up put a perfect hole in the wall for me to go in through unfortunately um graham had been standing right next to it (laughs) (laughs) and you didn't warn him i didn't i didn't really have time to communicate my um my rapidly improvised (laughs) plan no so um it wasn't it wasn't good uh so that was that was good whilst i played saints row 4 gas out of hell yeah and what what did you think to this was this a PS Plus title, or or have I did I pay money for this? It was PS Plus in the it July was. update, wasn't it? It was awful. It was, it was absolutely atrocious. It's probably the worst looking PS4 game I've ever played. Oh, it's it's not a good looking game at all. It's based on the Saints Row Four engine. Um, I can't remember if it got released on PS3 or not, or whether they just put it straight onto PS4. But it isn't an attractive game at all. I mean, it's it's honestly the worst looking game i've seen on the playstation 4 and i've played air combat vietnam yes but you haven't played carmageddon max damage or seven days to die touche so i didn't enjoy that experience was it just the way it looked that put you off or was there anything else about it that you didn't get on with because i know how much you liked the saint row games i think if i'm honest i think it was the whole the whole being in hell location it just it didn't feel as interesting or as much fun, and it, yeah, I don't know something something about removing it from 
a normal city where you can create mayhem and havoc amongst you know normal people uh, and putting it in hell just yeah it really detracted from the experience for me it was it was i just found it a bit boring to be honest i i didn't mind it um i mean we reviewed it oh, when it came out is that nearly two years ago now um it, it's a while or maybe maybe about 18 months since it came out and it it's all right um but the biggest misstep for me is you play as johnny gat which you've never done in a saint Row game you've never been a named character you you impose your own style on the character you choose what they look like what they wear and and playing johnny gat just seemed to totally detract from all of that yeah because you can you can switch between gat and kenzie can't you and yeah it wasn't yeah you're right i think half half the fun of it is is creating your own character and um uh, running around just causing mayhem yeah and it it doesn't underwear. have that <laughs> it doesn't have that in the same way at all no so uh i didn't enjoy that it's um it's definitely one that's going to be staying on the shame pile. Um, and then the only other things I've been playing are mobile games. So I've played a bit of Micro Machines, which um, came out on iOS, which is oh, good fun. Is it, is it like, um, is it a port of Micro Machines V3 or is it just the classic original Micro Machines? It's, it's, um, it's kind of a new game where they've built the microtransactions and various things into it. It's pretty simple. You don't even need to accelerate. You just kind of steer and shoot whatever weapons or, or that you happen to have a pickup. It's interesting. It's it's a lot of fun. It hasn't held my interest anything more than about three or four days. Um, right. I might go back. But it was it was alright. It would be um keep you entertained on the bus for twenty minutes. Well that's that's not too bad. I have such fond memories of the original micro machines on the Amiga with two people sharing a keyboard. Uh, yeah that was I don't I don't know if you can it? I don't know if you could top that experience i mean jolly it it will look dated and terrible now but back then it was fantastic fun uh and then the other thing i've been playing on my phone is uh batman arkham underworld no i, I dropped you a note about this um because i'd had the press release but it's only on ios at the moment is it any good it is really good fun it's great it's great fun so you uh, the concept is you're you're basically a new crime boss who's out to take over gotham and uh, you you start from humble beginnings in the slums, uh, and you you take a couple of uh, you know super villains under your wing and uh, and use them and their skills. So half the game is is base building, right? And then half the game is actually going out and carrying out missions, either taking on other players' bases or doing story missions where you might be robbing a bank or a jewelry store or trying to break someone out of prison. Loads of different varieties. Yeah, and it's it's kind of uh, it's kind of a, it's a strategy game, really. I guess you you have various units that you can deploy, and you need to use your special abilities and tricks and gadgets to uh, to make sure that you can complete your objectives. When you do that, you earn money and and respect, and then you can plow those back into the base building side of it. So, you know, by leveling up your your gang, you can build more rooms, you can deploy more sentries, you can you know, put landmines and doors and things in. And the idea is, I guess, that you you build up and level up your base so that other people attacking it can't steal your money and respect. It's really good fun. I liked it. It's good. It, it sounds quite in-depth for a mobile game. I mean, I, I wasn't too sure what to expect from the, the press blurb that I got. But I thought, oh, it, it could be interesting. And that sounds like it's got a lot more to it. 
Yeah, there is there is quite a depth to it, and all the um, all the little missions that you run are, are really quick. I think they're all probably less than about three or four minutes. So it's, it is the kind of thing you can just play whenever you have an opportunity, whenever you have a second, just pick it up and do something, whether it be upgrading stuff in your base or whether it be actually doing a mission. It's, yeah, just really enjoyable. I like it. Um, cool. And it builds it builds up the layers quite gradually, so you're not you're not overwhelmed. It's a lot of fun, and you get there's some Batman missions I've started doing. You're doing jobs for Catwoman, and uh, Batman's trying to stop you. Oh, nice. Okay, it sounds like there's a nice bit of variety in it. I mean, I, I assume it will come to Android at some point, so I'll give it a go when it arrives. Um, but that's good. Yeah, good to know it's worth worth a play. Yeah, definitely. So um, yeah, that's good. Right. That's it. That's all I've been playing. Really, it's uh, again a, a pretty a pretty slow couple of weeks for me. Yeah, a very very um, light couple of weeks for me. Um, but one final mention, um, which isn't a game I've played, but it is something we've reviewed, um, and it was uh, a, a little bit unexpected. But we got sent a copy of Ratchet and Clank the movie. Oh, very nice. Yeah, and you know what? It's not bad. It's it's entertaining for an hour and a half. If you're a fan of the series, I think if you're not, you might struggle a little bit just to understand what they're on about or where the places are or who the characters are. Um, but <laughs> if you have played the games, it's definitely worth a watch. It's, it, it's good fun. Um, bizarrely, uh, no Blu-ray release on it, and there's no reason we've been given for that. It's In the UK, it's a, U- a DVD and digital release. I think worldwide it's just a digital release. It's a bizarre choice, but what can you do? Yeah, I imagine it didn't do as well at the cinema as they wanted it to do. Um, it's going to get a release for home entertainment, but obviously they're not ploughing the money into production. That's the only thing I can think of. It's a bit of a shame because given it's a digitally created movie and um, Blu-ray will show it off to its best capability, it's a bit of an odd decision not to do that. But that's what they've chosen to do. Um, but it's definitely still worth a watch. I'd, I'd recommend it if you're a fan of the series. Okay, well, um, I've still not played a Ratchet and Clank game, so... <laughs> Yeah. Maybe maybe I'll have to watch the movie and see what happens. Yeah, I, I recommend. Give it a couple of years and then uh, see if Rose is interested. Right. Because <laughs> then you can, palm, you can yeah, pretend it's sure. a kid's game. <laughs> I have to get her playing Hannah Montana first. Oh, no. No, poor girl. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, what else have we... Oh, so um, just that minute. So we, uh, we had a review of Democracy 3 as well. Yes, we did. They got well, well reminded. Thanks for that. At at the time of the UK referendum to determine whether we were staying in Europe or not, there was a add-on pack called Electioneering that came out for a game called Democracy Three. In fairness, a game we'd never heard of, but we were we were sent review code, and we thought, well, it's a game about running a country and making those tactical decisions about where you spend your budgets. Who's best to review it? Um, so we gave it to Graham. Uh, to be fair, he, he, he had the time. <laughs> yeah, he did, actually. And you know what? He wasn't... I was expecting him to absolutely rip it to shreds. Uh, but he wasn't. He, he actually quite enjoyed part of it. It's not his type of game. I appreciate that. It's probably not our type of game. It may not even be any of our listeners' type of game. Um, but he said it, it was really nicely presented. It played well. It did what it was supposed to. Um, so if you... In that country management slant, um, and you like staring at graphs and timelines, because I think that pretty much is the extent of the graphics, um, it might be worth considering. But check out his review and see what see what he said about it. 
Love it. All right. Okay. So, um, shall we shall we have a look at some uh, some newsworthy items? Yeah. Yeah. Play that jingle. Okay, it's that part of the podcast where we look at some of the things that have been in the news that have kind of made us double take and say, "WTF? What's that, fellas? What's that, fella? Yeah." And this last couple of weeks, there, there's been some bits and pieces. Nothing in fairness. You've got the lion's share of news stories this month. But there was one tech thing that I saw which made me double take. And that's that Japan has stopped making VCR players. Now, what? I, I can... Yeah, I know. I know. No, that's... I mean, that's... If I'm honest, that's not why I, I wanted... It's more, I don't think I've seen a VCR player in 14 years. Yes. So this was why I was WTF. Um, I didn't even realize they still made them. So I was really surprised to see that they've stopped. But yeah, there's um, it's Funai Electric, um, who've been producing them for 33 years um, for Sanyo. Because they only sold, and this is this actually blows my mind that people still buy them, um, but because they only sold three quarters of a million of them last year, they've decided to stop production, which is which is fair play. Now, for some of our listeners, a VCR or rather a video cassette recorder um, is a device that plays images and audio through the use of magnetic tape spooled between two ra- reels in a giant plastic cassette type format. Um, a giant. They are massive. They are huge. Um, and they're, they're what we grew up with uh, for everything that we wanted, whether we wanted to watch rented films, whether you're buying films, whether you're recording things from TV. It was all we'd done on VCR. Um, and they lasted 180 minutes. And if you had a really, really fancy uh, VCR, you, you could put it on long play mode, which I think would probably double it, but the recording quality would be shocking. Yeah, it would drop the quality. Um, and if you think of standard definition TV, the the quality of the videos was not as good as standard definition TV. It was, um, it, but it was all we had, and we loved it. Um, but the last time I had a video recorder was oh, nineteen ninety nine. Um, because in, I think in two thousand that's when I changed to DVD. So it's a long while back. And like I said, I, the W2FTF comes from the fact I didn't know they were still making them. However, I've been to my customers' offices quite a lot recently. Um, and in every meeting room I've been in, I've noticed they've got VCR players. And this is a well, you rather large you hold company. On to them. So I'm just looking and thinking, who the hell decided that these were technology of the future? Um, that you actually still have them all in your meeting rooms. It's very weird. I'm, I'm guessing none of them ever get used. But yeah, they, they've stopped manufacturing in Japan. Interestingly, it says stopped manufacturing in Japan. It doesn't mean that they aren't manufacturing these somewhere else in the world, probably in China, um, and shipping them out. Surely there's got to be there's got to be some market for them with dirty old men who haven't worked out you can get pornography on the internet. Yes, or somebody who has got a favourite film and can't do the digital transfer just or just perhaps old old cassette recordings off the television you know like yeah. people you know like people who put old adverts on youtube yeah it could be test it cards could be and like, news flashes now now we're saying this and actually there will be i have that there is actually a, a market out there for them and it will be people who owned video cameras in the 80s that recorded directly onto vhs cassette 
So anybody there who hasn't done that digital transfer to DVD or converted it to digital who wants to keep those home movies and watch them, there's a good chance they'll still have a video player. Those camcorders that recorded direct onto to video cassette, though, were huge. I mean, anybody who was using one of those regularly in the 80s or 90s will probably have died through some kind of massive neck and shoulder trauma. Possibly. But, but, but yeah, th- there is that use there. Now, that that's the news. Um, that I was, I was actually really surprised about. <laughs> Reading through the article, and this is even more surprising. The, and, and I probably did hear this, but I've only just remembered it. Sony announced last year, only last year, that they were stopping making Betamax equipment. <laughs> what? Now, Betamax was beaten by VHS in the 80s and hasn't been a format in public general use for decades, and they've only just stopped making them. Oh, yes, well, but I, I think you'll find that is actually a conspiracy on the, the part of the equipment manufacturers because Betamax was a better quality system. It might well it, have it been. It was more suited to the the home audio-visual uh, enthusiast. And I think you're absolutely correct, but it didn't. It didn't work. It didn't get the market share um, because um, listen, um, you know, oh, mate, come on, we we both own mini disc recorders. I've I've staring at a mini disc recorder now. Uh, um, <laughs> yes, but yeah, it didn't. Um, it it didn't win because porn went to VHS. Basically, uh, that is the entire reason um, the US market yeah. drove it. Uh, so, yeah, it's a big surprise that those really old formats, which genuinely thought were already dead and buried, um, still have a place in the world, still have a market somewhere to the point where that that they have only just decided to start phasing them out. And it's not gone the way of vinyl, which for a long time we all thought vinyl was phasing out and it's had a bit of a resurgence and it has never really gone away. But video of VHS... I don't see those massive plastic monstrosities making a comeback anytime soon. No, no. I mean, the the difference is with, with vinyl, at least, that there is a very good reason for still having things on vinyl. The audio from them is different to a digital reproduction. Uh, and it's about preference. Some people prefer that over digital, and that's fine. But with VHS and Betamax, I don't think anybody prefers that over DVD and MPEG and Blu-ray. So, yeah, I, I'm, I don't think they're ever coming back. But I was really surprised by that. Really, really surprised. Okie dokie. All right. Well, that's a, that is a really interesting piece of news. And if um, if you are still clinging on to any outdated formats, um, let us know about it. Because I'd like to hear what other strange, obsolete technology that people are still still using, like, you know, <laughs> us and our mini displayers. Yeah, you, you just haven't realized that the length of email that you're going to get from Connor. There's a man who doesn't throw anything away. I, I, I guarantee. I, I, I will be disappointed if his video player, his VHS video player, is not still hooked up to his TV. Well, it, it won't be because his Betamax will still be there. <laughs> Very true. Speaking of Connor, I did, I did make the mistake the other day of um, accidentally saying that Watch Dogs was just the modern Assassin's Creed. <sighs> Whoa, sacrilege! Okay, in. Other news, so on the 20th of July, Pokemon Go, uh, which is still steamrollering across uh, the globe and taking the world by storm, uh, it was launched in Japan, and as I predicted in the last podcast, it had its first sponsored location. 
Yes, it did. And I can imagine the smile on your face when you read that. Yeah, so McDonald's, the first launch partner in a tie-in that saw 3,000 or more fast food restaurants across Japan become gyms for would-be Pokemon collectors. Um, yeah, nailed it. What did I say? It's all its all about the commercialization. You did. The only bit you got wrong is you said Pizza Hut and not McDonald's. I, well, actually, I said McDonald's and then afterwards I said Pizza Hut as well. Ooh. But, Covering um, all bases. You, know, you actually... Yeah. If you actually bothered to listen to the podcast, you'd have known that. I, I, I do listen. <laughs> I, I tune out when I hear your voice, but I do listen. <laughs> you sound like my wife. <laughs> okay, uh, so that that was interesting. That yeah, they they are definitely going down the commercialization yeah. route, and, um, they, and this, they are. this could be a very interesting model to look at and model to follow. I was going to say it's, it's something. I'm. Uh, it's something you're right. After we talked about it last time, I, I'm not surprised at it, and uh, it's all about that short shelf life because you need to milk it and monetize it while you can i've had had the conversation this afternoon because our our nephew is pokemon mad at the moment and it's his birthday in about four weeks time and we're saying oh do do we get him what we originally planned or do we get some pokemon stuff and i'm thinking in four weeks time he he might not even care about it because we don't know how long this phenomenon is going to last we talked about it last time and it might be with core fans for a long while but that global craze I still think will be very, very short-lived. So the Japanese McDonald's franchises are doing exactly the right thing. Monetize it now because how quickly it takes to capitalize and get on top of these trends, it could be dead by the time a lot of places release their related merchandise. So absolutely do it immediately. There's still a lot of people playing it. I've still, I still walk down the street and, and see people playing it. I was walking, uh, across a car park on Sunday and there was a, a woman, last person in the world I'd have expected to be playing Pokemon Go, but she was stood in the middle of traffic. <laughs> you just think, oh, come on, this is Sheffield. They're not going to take well to this. <laughs> no, I, I, uh, but, I, no, no, I'm not expecting it to die like within days, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if we hit October and the global phenomenon has basically died down i'm not going to say disappear because i don't think it will have done but it will have died down a lot especially if we're starting to get the news reports now about people who have collected them all um the guy there's a guy in the uk who has collected every available uk based pokemon there are other ones that are stating they've done them for their own countries they're well, the fact it's even making news headlines that people are faking collecting, is it legendary ones? I don't know enough about them to, to know for sure. But there's there's a, a lot of this going on, and if that's happening within two to three weeks of the launch of the game, you imagine it, it is going to peak and tail off. And it's how, quick, it's how quickly it does drop once that peak's hit. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest, I've not been inclined to go back to it. It it didn't really grab me, but I can I can definitely see the appeal, and I might I might give it a go. Was when uh, when Arkham Underworld loses its appeal a bit, maybe I'll go back. Yeah, there there is the the interesting point. The um the ability to actually play it is going to be what drives whether people's engagement stays or not. And I mentioned my nephew is mad at the moment. We saw them at the weekend. They've gone to the seaside um, for a week, so we went to join them for the day. He was desperate to use my girlfriend's phone to play Pokemon Go. She'd installed it specifically so she could do that with him, so they can run up and down the beach and, and try and find them all. Um, we get there, no data signal, no game. <laughs> and, and that, that was pretty much it. And it felt like for the area we were in, in like a five or six mile radius, there was no data signal whatsoever. 
Um, we couldn't even use Google Maps to get home, which was which was quite frustrating because we'd not bothered downloading the offline maps. Um, it was just like, oh, can we remember which twisty, windy country route we drove down to get here? Um, so it was it was it was an adventure coming back. I had a crack. I found a cracking rally course in North Yorkshire. <laughs> it was brilliant. But uh, there's yeah, there's it was interesting for that fact. He was it, you want to play it kids who were desperate, and then that. That fact it has to be connected, which I know some things do have to be, but that absolutely killed it. And we know what data signals like in the UK. It isn't brilliant in every area. And that will be a limiting factor. Though in fairness, most places do get 4G now. So as we, you know, in the as, wilds of Scotland, I was say, wilds I'm, of Scotland, but we've got 4G signal at the moment. I'm in the countryside just outside Dundee and I'm uh, I've got enough to hold a video conversation. So Pokemon Go did no end of good for Nintendo. It doubled their value. And then clearly someone in their finance department said, do you know, we should we should probably address in some of the investor expectations. You mean they, they announced to people that they didn't own Pokemon Go? Yeah, that's that's pretty much that's pretty much what they did. Yeah, they uh, they went, yeah, oh, great. You know, thanks very much. It's nice that you believe in us. And um it's by the way, we we only actually own a small non-controlling share of uh, of the Pokemon company. We don't we don't actually own Pokemon Go, uh, which knocked eighteen percent off their share price immediately. Yeah, yeah. Now, in, in fairness to Nintendo, the share price still remained above its starting value before Pokemon Go was released. But uh, yeah, it hasn't quite had. Oh, it hasn't maintained that positive effect that that uh, we saw originally. So the the most interesting point about this, and I'm not actually, I thought it was a, I thought it was a good thing for Nintendo that they were um, they were you know going to be able to profit on the on the back of Pokemon Go, even if they didn't have you know a massive stake in it. But the really interesting part about it is that they're not revising their revenue forecast for this fiscal year. So they've stated mm. that their revenue forecast for this year includes projected revenue for Pokemon Go. I think their projected revenue is $4.7 billion, which is only a 1% increase over last year. Which would, so that which kind would of make indi- sense. Yep. Yeah, so taking into account all the extra profit they're making from Pokemon Go, and they're only making a 1% increase over last year, it kind of says, actually, the Pokemon money is not going to do much more than pay off some you know, outstanding debts elsewhere, and probably most of it's being sunk into uh, into an X. Well, that that's it, and the the one percent increase might largely be driven by the fact they do have a couple of new Pokemon games coming at the end of this year, and um, the next Zelda game, which I imagine their predicted sales and revenue for Zelda will be larger than Splatoon, which was their major Wii U release for last year. So that's probably where it's coming from. So you're right, they're being absolutely sensible about where where the intake's going to be. The day after the announcement that they don't own Pokemon and they wipe 18% off their share price, uh, we get some leaked news about NX being a, a portable console that will come with a docking station and can uh, plug into your TV and you can play on the go, play at your friend's house with a, a single key message about you know playing anywhere. And that was convenient timing, wasn't it? Just, but I, I, it sounds, it sounds like a really interesting concept, and I think it sounds, it sounds like they have a much clearer marketing message than they did with the Wii U. The Wii U was kind of innovation for innovation's sake. I'm, 
I I agree. Uh, Whereas I think they, I think this consolidates their their handheld and console market. Yeah, and I think if you know if you know you're coming into the market with something that's underpowered, then give it the give it the core Nintendo values. Yeah, and make it truly portable, and you know make it make it part of everything that you do. I suppose is what they're looking for. Yeah, and and that's good. And like I say I agree because they are being very definitive about what they want to deliver. And they've talked about getting into the purely mobile space over the last couple of years. So obviously these leaks about the NX are kind of suggesting that's exactly where they've gone. Um, I am exceptionally worried that it's just completely irrelevant. It is, for all intents and purposes, the gamepad that comes with the Wii U with detachable controllers. (laughs) Now it's going to have a better screen. Obviously, I'm sure there'll be some lovely integrated mechanics that work really well for the Nintendo games, the Nintendo produced games. But what is it going to do that our tablets and phones don't do already that's going to make you put that down and carry something that could be eight, nine, ten inches across with you everywhere? Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how it impacts on their, their current handheld market as well. Yes. And yeah, what, yeah, what the message they're coming with that. So they're effectively going to phase out what they do with the, the 3DS um, and the 2DS. Are they going to get rid of them? Are they going to solely focus on this? Are they just going to test the waters with this? See how it does because they've got so much experience with the success of their mobile division uh, and the mobile handheld gaming. Um, and is this just going to be a stopgap for a couple of years and, and then go completely? Or is it going to be their nail in the coffin for them as a console manufacturer? I don't well, know. We, we won't, don't, we won't know, know until <laughs> it, it's, it's down to the public ultimately they're going to release it and if people buy it like they did with the Wii they're, they're away if it's like the Wii U I think they will really really consider what they do whether they actually stay in that market or not and I'll be honest the last the last thing I want to see from Nintendo is a is a Sega like decline on you know mobile platforms yeah it could be if, I mean if it wasn't for the Wii arguably would they still be making consoles? They hadn't had as much success with the GameCube as they thought they would. They had cracking success with the DS and the 3DS. If the Wii hadn't worked, do you think would they have just started to really wind down that console division and, and stick with the handheld? Because they, you know that's where the strengths were lying. Well, uh, we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, at some point, probably next year. March 2017, they're, they're touting for NX. Yeah, that's is that an official Nintendo one or is that just a leak? It's not official. It's I think that's the leak. Yeah, and with Gamescom coming up, um, which I think is next week, it could even be it could even happen back end of this week. Um, but there's rumours that that might be where they announce it. Though I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't do that if they held it till the Tokyo Game Show, which I think is September. Okie dokie. So, well, I have a vaguely Nintendo themed quiz for you if you're interested. Let's. Let's try it. It's time for another Codec Call quiz. <laughs> another Codec Call quiz. Um, now, Matthew. Yes, Andrew. With news of Nintendo's share price skyrocketing after the release of Pokemon Go, but then them actually coming out and saying, well, we don't really own any of it, and their share price going down again, yeah. you could say... The Pokemon Go effect on Nintendo was similar to the placebo effect. 
Okay. I, I, I see your analogy. With that in mind, I found a fabulous way of merging two things, obviously, that I, I have very deep soft spot in my heart for. What, drugs and Nintendo? Yeah, drugs and Nintendo. <laughs> the Pokemon and the pharmaceutical industry. <laughs> okay. So, I have a number of names here, and all you need to do is tell me, is it a pill or is it a Pokemon? <laughs> pill or Pokemon. Okay. Pill or Pokemon. Simple as that. Right then. Okay, okay, I'll give this a go then. Let's give it a go. All right, so, Matthew, pill or Pokemon? Cylindac. Cylindac. I'm going to go with pill. That's right. Yes. It's, it's indicated for pain and inflammation in rheumatic disease, and 200 milligrams twice daily should clear up acute gout within seven days. Excellent to know. Indoramin. Indoramin. Let's start with an I or an E. I. Pokemon. No, it's a pill. It's an, oh. it's an alpha adrenoreceptor blocker for the treatment of hypertension. <laughs> okay. Well, you, di- you didn't tell me. Did, are these trade names? No, they're all generics. Oh, okay. Dialgia. Dialgia. I'm, I'm going to say Pokemon. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Dialgia primarily lives in another dimension and can warp time by either speeding it up, slowing it down, or stopping it altogether. Right. Handy ability. Uh, <laughs> Nidoran. Nidoran. Mm, that sounds like it should be a Pokemon, but I am wondering. It, I'm going to go Pill. No, it's a Pokemon. Oh. Nidoran is a small quadruped rodent-like Pokemon with a long pointed horn on his forehead, and the size of the horn is indicative of the strength of its venom. Right, okay. As we'll all know, he evolves into Nidoking when exposed to a moonstone. I, I didn't know that. I... Feel slightly less enlightened for now knowing that. No. <laughs> uh, Cinderquill. Cinderquill. Oh, that that sounds like it's got to be a pill. Again, it's a Pokemon. Oh. Cinderquill is is usually timid by nature and often curls into a ball when intimidated. He has four red spots in his back from which flames erupt. Okay. Okay. Next. How about? Oh, let's try this one. Uh, Staculia. Now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say it. I, I'm going to go pill because it sounds like it should be a pill. It's, technically, it's granules that you take with a spoon, but it's a bulk-forming laxative that relieves constipation by increasing <laughs> fecal mass, which stimulates peristalsis. Mm, lovely. <laughs> Are you enjoying these? I, I think I'd enjoy that drug more. What about uh, drowsy? Drowsy. Is that with the standard spelling of drowsy? Uh, it's with a Z. And two E's. I would guess Pokemon. Yes, looks like a yeah. fat anteater. <laughs> uh, and a Bacavir. Oh, could be either. Obviously, that's why we're playing this game. That's kind of the point. Yeah, a Bacavir. Go on, I'll, I'll try Pokemon. No, it's an antiretroviral oh. drug. And finally, Ciadra. Ciadra. Is that not just a funny way of pronouncing cider when you make it in France? Uh, no, that's cidre. Oh, yes, of course. Oh, hello. It is me, Sebastien Loeb. Thanks, Seb. With my outrageous French accent. I will go Pokemon. It is. It's a seahorse-like Pokemon evolved from horsey. From horsey. <laughs> horsey. It's yep. some amazing imagination in those names. So, well, well you, got, you got five out of ten. I'll, so I'll... that's... As good as guessing. Yes, I think it is. I think it is. And it it goes to show that I just don't care about Pokemon. (laughs) 
<laughs> or or prescription medicines. <laughs> I'm slightly more interested in them. Yes. I was going to make a, a codeine joke then, but I thought better of it. <laughs> I think it's time to move on. That, in fairness, I will say, I will give you that. That was actually quite a good quiz because um, it does it does bore you probably how little we know real drug names and that we should never have to know Pokemon names. <laughs> That's a fabulous logic, I like it. Okay, let's move on. Right, so um, this year I've been doing what we called the Root Master Challenge, which is um, through kind of step distance when I've been out and about and, and cycling, I wanted to top up the length of Classic Route 66 in the US, which is 2,451 miles. So it's now the beginning of August, which means I've been doing seven months. Yeah. So I should... I should have travelled 1,430 miles. And how many have you done? I am 80 miles behind. That's not bad. That's I, not bad I, at all. I'm at 1,350, because I'll be honest, yeah, June June wasn't great. And I, I've kind of started to pick it up a bit towards, well, the middle of July, but then, oh, the end of, the end of July has been a bit slow. I don't think that's bad. Yeah, I was expecting you to say you were a lot further away than that. That's pretty good. So I need to I need to try not to slip any further behind because I'm going to get to the point where I'm going to struggle to make it up. But yeah, I am I'm nearly there. Yeah, and that's that's what uh, very very roughly you just need to make up an extra fifteen miles a month. So it's a couple of weeks. Isn't too bad. That's only no three miles a week. Yeah, that's that's yeah three four miles a week. An extra four miles a week. That's not as bad when you say it like that. So that's where I'm at. So if you've been tracking, I know a couple of people have asked about this. Most of you don't actually give a toss. But uh, <laughs> a couple of people have asked, and uh, I'm I'm 80 miles behind where I want to be. And I've made a little graph and everything. It's good. Uh, we will have to have the graph on the page when you get to uh, completion. <laughs> All right, then. Okay, no, that's excellent. That That is actually that's really good. That's uh, a lot more positive. Because you were a bit mysterious last month, and I was thinking, "Oh, has it gone horrendously wrong?" Um, and I hadn't, I'll no, be honest, no. I hadn't, I hadn't done the maths since uh, since the beginning of May, so I, I genuinely didn't have a clue where I was at that point, which is why I thought it could have gone atrociously. But uh, but no, it's all right; it's not too bad. No, that's good, excellent. You'll you'll ding that root muster trophy, yeah. If only there was some kind of accolade I could earn for it. Well, speaking of accolades. <laughs> Okay, so Codate Momentum, it's, uh, it's that thing that we do every month. It is. And we mentioned last month that we were changing it slightly. Before you dive into it, explain what it is for people. It's changing, but it's not changing what the principle is behind it, which is if you've got a pile of shame of games sat there kicking around, stuff that you haven't finished because you've left them behind because you moved on to something else or you've just not had the time, we offer some momentum to make you finish those games. Each month, pledge one or multiple games, if you fancy challenging yourself, um, that you want to finish. And if you complete it, we would send you a badge and shout out your name on the podcast and let people know basically that you've you've cleared it off. You're also entered into our prize draw. And if your name is pulled out of the hat for being a successful completer in that month, um, you'll win a £10 gaming voucher prize. If 
you decide you want that extra challenge, you want to go a little bit further with it, and you want to hundred percent it, whether that's just a hundred percent complete uh, platinum trophy, full achievements, whatever it is, you can pledge that. It's an all or nothing gamble. So if you don't actually complete it, you've failed for the month. But if you do complete it and you're drawn out of the hat as the winner, we double your prize. So it's it's fairly straightforward. Tell us what game you want to finish. Then send us a screenshot of the finishing screen when you've actually done it. And what we've been doing for the last, I think, eight or nine months is we've been sending out badges. Oh, we, we do have to have a shout out. Was it Saintly Stuart we sent them to over this last month and the postman stole them? Stuart Neil, the well, um, he yeah. basically, Matt, Matt claims he's been sending out badges to people, but actually what he's been doing, I reckon, is just sending out torn envelopes with nothing in. Yeah, yeah, I just, I just fake it. <laughs> certainly no. stretches certainly stretches the badge budget out doesn't it <laughs> it does but anyway I, I, that is the first instance in fairness of, of ones that haven't arrived but yeah the the, the fact he had a couple of badges i, th- I think the yeah, packaging did just there were i'm sure there were three there were definitely two maybe even three in there and somebody just had them away and there were in fairness of absolutely no use uh, to anybody except the recipient but we have been time with the idea of, of changing what we did and basically save us being really bad at not sending badges out on time so one of the changes we sort of came up with was that badges will be replaced by twitter and facebook avatars banners and cover photos all personalized for the person who's completed their uh, their game in that month that also got us thinking well if we do that how do we really personalize them other than just putting somebody's name on them so we thought well, we've got to have a ranking system, haven't we? We've got to have ranks for Codec Momentum. And that comes with a point system that's needed so we can work out what rank people are. So from August's Momentums, in fact, actually, we will apply the ranks and things to July's onwards, but from this month, we will be sending out your choice, Twitter or Facebook, avatar and banner, for you to use if you wish, if you want to show off what you've done and what your current state is. In terms of points, then, it's one point for every Codec Momentum you successfully finish. So if you play two games in a month and you finish your two games, then it's two points. If you go for a finisher and you complete that, it's five points. So a massive point that's differential. A, that's a huge amount, yeah. It is. And that's to, that's to encourage. We get a lot of pledges for finishers and not many finishers. So we want to see more of those. We want more people going for it and really challenging themselves. And, and in fairness, if you get drawn out after completing one, you still get your double prize. If you pledge a finisher, but you don't, you don't quite manage it. You know, maybe you, uh, maybe you just finish the story mode, but you don't platinum it, or you don't get the hundred percent. You don't meet those criteria. You still get no points. Absolutely right. It's an all or nothing deal. Is that one? It's, it's a decent gamble, but the rewards there if you manage it. Okay, excellent. I like that. We we want to see more people following through. Yeah. So what we've got, obviously, are 10 ranks. And we'll put the full details up on the page because um, we've gone for a point system, we've gone for ranks, which now means we will have a league table. Ooh. So we can actually score people. And what we've done, we've gone back to January this year. So we're starting for the whole of 2016 of where people are going to be. So... What do you want to do first? Well, I'm not going to read out the entire league table. We'll just put a link in the page. Um, but I will let people know that top of the league table, have a guess, Mr. Brown? Uh, top of the league table? I'd have said Cullen, right? Because he he does quite a lot of them. He does. And uh, 
I'd have said it as well. And I can just hear the screams of frustration and cries of fix when I say I can hear the it's screams not of fix him. if it's not him. It's not him. Really? It isn't. It's a Northern Monkey. Oh, nice. He had a stonking run of finishes through uh, three months. He did two or three a month. So he, he netted himself some huge points. So excellent. Top of the board at the moment. But Cullen's not that far behind. Okay, so it's tight at the top. Uh, I mean, I would imagine that my performance has been stellar. Where, where am I? Yeah. Um, hang on. I'm having to scroll. <laughs> Wait a sec. Still going. He, he, he's scrolling and up to the top. There we go. Somewhere near the bottom. Oh. I did, in fairness, I gave you a single point for getting the late podcast out because, you know, we had that as a momentum. So, To be fair, I 100%ed it, so that should be a finish. <laughs> you did. And you, you got a finisher for Hannah Montana, so you didn't do too bad. <laughs> you, you're actually, and we've mentioned him already on the podcast, you're drastically outscoring Connor, who's um, pledged a shed load this year and barely finished anything. If Cullen's sat on a bus somewhere just screaming fix at his phone as he listens to this we might as well make it for a reason so you might as well you might as well give me a couple of finishes and bump me up <laughs> so so that's where we, that's what we've, we're doing we're, we're proposing just basically a, a you'll get a personalized um avatar and banner to use as you see fit if you want to use them i, I hope people will use them but it's it, obviously it's entirely up to you on your banner will have your rank so i guess you want to know what the ranks are yeah starting at the bottom obviously noob what else could there be so how many how many points do you need for that then one point right okay so one one, point. one game one game one game successfully finished would, would get you a new rank it would you'd be in there you'd be in there right. at the new rank the next one and i'm actually i'm gonna let you say this one because in fairness you named it and i think it's a great name okay so the next one is conserver of momentum yeah because everybody loves newton's laws <laughs> Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely what we want. So, okay, so Newton's first law, conservation of momentum. Yeah. So if you if you keep it up, you get that rank. So what yeah. how many how many do you need to, what yeah, what's your points? Basically for that, between 5 and 9. Scoring have, have a score of anywhere between 5 and 9, you're a conserver of momentum. Next up, between 10 and 19 points, you're a magic number. Because, Three quite frankly, it's a magic number. That's the only thing I could think of when I was naming these. Then <laughs> get between 20 and 34 points, and you're a legend in your own lunchtime. Nice. I, do, I like that. And, and that was actually the name of an album that um, someday I lived with years ago had produced, and I still have it somewhere on cassette. Between 35 and 54 points, you are obviously a consummate gamer. We've got a serious title in there. Between nice. 55 and 79, a Wednesday night warrior. Which I, I genuinely, I apologise. I've forgotten who suggested that, but I thought that was brilliant. Oh, maybe it was Fat Man John. Hold on. Let me have a quick look. I hope it was Fat Man John because you know what I'm going to drop in if it was. Oh, well, uh, you're going to have to drop it in twice because when we had to get to this month's momentum, he's finished one as well. It was Fat Man John. Batman Scoop, Crumpley Clan. It was Fat Man John who, uh, who came up with a Wednesday Night Warrior. Yeah, I, I really like that one. Um, and obviously, what it says loads of time on a Wednesday night to play, midweek. If you get between 80 and 109. A serial pledger, because quite frankly, if you get into that kind of stuff, score, you're with us all the time. Then we get steep. The increments creep up like they do on every ranking system. Of course, we're not going to make it easy. <laughs> so between 110, 149. This is my favourite. This is my absolute favourite. So you're a deranged player. I love it. <laughs> and, and that's a, that's a riff on blood money, and we need to say no more about that. Between 150 and 199, you are the rinser. 
and then <laughs> 200 and over. And I'd be interested to see who gets here first. Obviously, and maybe a little bit anticlimactic, but you're king of the hill. So, uh, where is where's Northern Monkey at then on the uh, on the current scale? Now, Northern Monkey on the current scale is um, he's a Wednesday night warrior, and he's three Dokey. he's three points ahead of Cullen. So, who's also a Wednesday night warrior? Well, these um, we'll link to this. We've got a bit of a league table that's going on. It's it, yeah, as exciting oh, as just... we get, we actually have a table on a website. Woo-hoo. So um, is, but that's where we are. It is that close. There's there's three points in it. There's one there's one finisher away from the the lead changing. Yeah, pretty much. That's that's all it wow. is. Um now you and, and this one, when we were talking about things that surprised us earlier in WTF, this one surprised me. Okay, so in, in third place, and I'm not gonna take the third place spot because obviously I'm part of the team, but I have the same score. But third place is Square Freak. Oh nice. I know, and that's all down to his finishes that he's done in the last couple of months where he's placed them and got through them. So awesome work from him. The next lot are all, all sort of lumped together. You've got Haunted Crime, Jedi Junkie, Vita Fan number nine, and Fat Man John. Um, they're all sitting around on 15. Uh, Solm, despite his sterling efforts, he is sitting on 13 points, followed by Nick Hulk. And Nick, now it, this month, he's about to do 12 solid months of Codec Momentums. Um, but still only scored 10 points. Oh, oh no. Yeah. Now, and in fairness, we're, we're counting those from the beginning of this year, so that's why he's not got his full 12 points. But um, but one game a month, okay. it, it does it does impact your score. Nick, you're going to have to do some of them finishes. Um, then we've got Mike Tack, Andy, actually, in fairness. Yes, you are rank two, seven points. Um, Stu, VD John, uh, Grizzly Creed and Rivatar and S. Barnett. You're all in there. Um, we have a numbers a number of those who have not yet scored yet who have pledged. Um, and I am I'm disappointed to say, Afro Gear, Roger, Roger, you need to score a point. You're letting the team down. Yeah, you really are. Yeah, and in fairness, Graham will be joining him after after the July results because you know he didn't finish his either. <laughs> it's probably inside down more if he hasn't put one in until July. <laughs> <laughs> 20, 28th of July, I think Graham put his in. Um, well, anyway, um, so that's that's where we are with the with the current scoring, who's in the lead, and where we are with the ranks, the rank names, and your scoring mechanism. We'll have a page on the site that details all this so you can see it. But Matt, I have an incredibly short attention span, and, and I would like monthly spot prizes as well. Well, you just want everything. I do. I want the moon on a stick. You do, and, and we will try and deliver. On top of the ranks, and to make it added and personalised, um, we're going to have some accolades as well. So these are for doing specific things. And we're going to treat them a little like trophies and achievements. Some of them will tell you what they are. Some of them will be secret. So a bit of an Ooh. example, if um, you earn the slow and steady accolade, which is visible, it means you've completed three momentums, three months running. But what have you done if you've earned the where did I park blue jeans accolade? <laughs> Because I know someone who's got that one. And he's on the other end of this line in Scotland. (laughs) Yay. So that was actually, that was our first secret accolade. Hannah Montana. Yes, you platinumed Hannah Montana. These accolades, are we going to be putting the accolades up on the site so people can can aspire to achieve them? I think we'll we'll put the standard ones on. um, But I am, I'm going to keep a lot of these secret and I'm going to put them on people's banners to see if they can nice. figure out why they've earned them. And as and when people figure them out, then we'll add them to the site as well. 
So we'll, we'll have a like bit of a running list. And, and the reason we've actually decided to do the accolades piece is because the feedback we got when we asked for rank names is people were suggesting reasons why people should be called ranks and it fit with the accolade idea so much better. Um, so don't be surprised if some of the ones that you guys suggested sit in here as well because we thought they were a brilliant idea. Um, so we'll get these up and it just adds to that. It has that personalization aspect of it that we, we want to try and make these things yours and for what you contribute, not necessarily just in completing your momentum either. I've got some other ones in there. So you'll have to, uh, you'll have to figure them out. Oh, brilliant. Well, I'm, I'm excited about this. I'm looking forward to it. And if you, um, if you check out our Twitter profiles and you'll actually see the Twitter, what is it, the cover, the banners, the Twitter banners. Yeah, if you, you check ours out, um, recommend actually doing it through the uh, official Twitter website or Twitter apps if you don't um, usually use them because I've noticed with one of the apps that I use, it tends to hide it all. We also have noticed that for some bizarre reason, the Facebook mobile thing is just... That also obscures it, but rest assured, all of these work on desktops and they work perfectly fine. And anybody viewing them and actually clicking on the links will be able to see um, see how amazing you all are. Okay, so we're starting that from from now. From that's we, from we need to announce. Now. We need to announce who's done what in July. We do. We do need to announce who who's done what in July. And if you're still with us, um, listening through all those <laughs> rankings, here are our July momentum finishes okay so first up got vita fan nine he pledged trails of cold steel as a finisher need platinum it well done we had nick hulk who did lego star wars the force awakens on his vita and got through that as well excellent work nick um if i remember rightly was he sitting in the hospital while his wife struck girlfriend gave birth playing that uh, I, vag- I vaguely remember him saying something yeah. about it but anyway if he did he was yeah excellent and um, we've, we've got all been there <laughs> Yeah, very true. We've got um, at Psalm 67, Lego Harry Potter years five to seven subversion. I don't even know what the subversion piece is and I didn't bother fact checking uh, it. It's, uh, apparently it's a, it's a thing. It's a thing. It's not a porn version of a he, Lego Harry Potter game. He did actually He did actually tell me, but I um, I completely forgot what you said. <laughs> right, well, we'll let, we'll let the audience Google it. Um, they'll figure it out just just don't put subversion in on its own. Fat Man John is there again. Um, he rolled Bastion from June, but he didn't actually complete that. But he did set Murdered Soul Suspect as a finisher, and he platinumed that. So nice work there. Um, I've done that myself. It's not a bad game. Um, could have done with a bit more to it. Uh, at Fury AC3, who said he would finish inside, and he did. Then we've also got Mike Tack Films, who said he would finish the wolf among us actually no I, I have to correct that he said he was going to momentum the wolf among us he knew he couldn't have a finisher on it because it has no uh i know it does have some chapter select trophies he could have had that as a finisher anyway he didn't tick the box so it's just a standard momentum it's a gray area the telltale games isn't it yeah well the wolf among us doesn't have um all trophies just for playing through. You have missables, um, and then you have things you have oh, to okay. go back to chapter selects for. So it could have gone through, but maybe you didn't want to do one this one. Anyway, um, the last two, uh, all mentioned because, well, frankly, we've already said one of them at Techfather. Graham failed to even tell us if he'd even played Hotline Miami 2. He definitely didn't get his finisher on it. Um, I think and- the last thing I saw was was him complaining about how many levels there were in it. So I'm assuming that means he hasn't, he hasn't done it. 
Which, which you should know, going given that he reviewed it for us. Maybe, maybe he just forgot how many levels there were. Maybe he didn't play it all. <gasps> <gasps> oh, to, oh, well, we'll have to get him to rewrite the review then. Um, I don't know. So anyway, he didn't finish this time either. And uh, and then Noah Watkinson, who pledged Lego Jurassic World, and he did do <gasps> Lego Jurassic World. So excellent work, so Noah. So proud. That's, that's your, my godson. And your dad accidentally put you down as a finisher when he didn't mean to, which caused some Twitter debate. Uh, and then poor children were upset through comments, and it wasn't very pretty. Uh, but just to clarify, because <laughs> Noah is Andy's godson and Graham's son, obviously he wouldn't be eligible for the prize because he is um, <laughs> he's yeah. not considered due to our standard terms and conditions. Um, but we love the fact he takes part. And quite rightly so, if he did win, then um, we could have a mass chorus of fix. Yeah, yeah, we could. Okay, so if, so I think it's time to draw the winner from the hat. Go on then. <laughs> well, because I'm not sat with you, it's not a hat this week. It's um, it's a bag what that is I've it? got in the room. Can I see? So, and the winner is Noah Hawkinson. <laughs> Where was my mass chorus of fix? <laughs> I can hear it from here. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's travelled back in time. It was that loud. Um, yeah. No, of course. It's not Noah. No, our winner this month is actually at Nick Hulk. Oh, fab. Oh, superb. Well done, Nick. And you, just as a special, in fairness, to finish the year off for Nick, because he did say to us some time back that he was going for a full 12 months of codec momentum. Um that he was trying to collect all 12 badges, which he keeps on the baseball cap. And the last round of badges I sent out, I actually ran out of Codec Moments badges. So oh, the no. only one I've got left that I could potentially send him for finishing his 12 months off is the old Platinum Pledge badge. So if you'll accept that, oh, nice. that's, uh, that's what he'll, he'll get. He will be the last recipient of a badge, and it is purely... Because he's been telling us for a long while that he was aiming for 12 months in a row. Uh, and we think that deserves a little bit of a, a recognition. And there might be a special accolade coming for that as well. Well, good work, Nick. And I'll be in touch to talk about your Codec Momentum prize this month. Well done. Right, so if you have any games that you want some Codec Momentum for in August, get onto our website, codecmoments.com, and click on the Codec Momentum 2016 link. Uh, where you can enter your, uh, you can submit your entries there. I have just put mine in. I'm going to complete Doom this month because it is sat on my pile of shame, and it's it's, a, yeah. it's shocking that it's still there because it's an awesome game. So I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna play that. It's not a finisher. Um, no, no, because, I, I, I think that's a, a great <laughs> idea. You should um, you should get to the end of it, and and then you can do that review. I'm thinking there's a feature in here, something along the lines of Andy's late review. <laughs> Andy's reviews that never arrive. <laughs> so, yeah, so look forward to that. Doom, Rainbow Six Siege. <laughs> it's the PR teams have already spotted that. You're blacklisted. Well, they keep sending me stuff. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay, so that's good at Momentum. Bit of a lengthy segment this month, um, but let's hope you, uh, you're going to support us and uh, continue with the Momentum as we move into the new ranking system. Very quickly before we finish, we, uh, we've had a few listener questions. Um, so a question I had after, uh, after picking up my Astro A40s, um, I asked our Facebook group, what are your greatest gaming impulse purchases? 
Mm, that is a good question. Yeah, it's a nice one, isn't it? Um, Varian Graham said he purchased a PS2 on two separate occasions. One had broken. It's not just that he he likes duplicates. To play one game each time. Apparently, the Getaway and GTA, which I'm assuming he means GTA Three. Yeah, must unless it was Vice City or San Andreas. Surely you'd have been disappointed buying PS2 just for the Getaway. Yeah, that would have been a bit disappointing. Was it? I would have been. Was it the Getaway or was it was it Black Monday or the the sequel? Where the where the character the the player character heads were just slightly out of proportion and a bit too large. Oh, I don't know. I can't remember. As a result, the characters all looked a little bit like bobbleheads. <laughs> I know I played it, but I can't remember. Uh, what else? What else? What else? Uh, Stuart Neal says my greatest gaming impulse purchase was a second-hand Game Boy with R-Type Two and Tetris, which cost him forty quid back in nineteen ninety-five. What's that in 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 modern money? That's got to be what about eighty quid. Yeah, it's got to be at or, least that. Or four euros. Yeah, probably probably about that. Um, have Matt, oh, Matthew Holloway, Square Freak, says, half my pile of shame is impulse purchases. I tend to buy my games when they're on sale, then never get around to playing them. Um, other than that, does stopping on the way home from work to see how long the launch line for the PS2 is at Best Buy, getting in the line, knowing that I have to be at work again for noon the next day, count? Is it still an impulse purchase if you wait in line for hours? Yeah, I reckon it is. If you're driving past and suddenly decide to join that line, then yeah. Yeah, I think it is. I think so. I think I think that's definitely it. What about you, Matthew? What's your what's your best game impulse I'm, purchase? I'm racking my brains. Um You you know what? I it's probably one of the collector's editions and it's the Bioshock two one. Because I knew I was gonna buy Bioshock but uh, Bioshock two, but I, I plumped for the collector's edition at the last minute thinking, ah, go on then, it's not that much more. Um, and it's turned out to be probably one of the best collector's editions that I own. I just I just like the fact it came with vinyl, it came with um, posters which have messages when you put blacklight on them. Uh, it's got, a, I think it came with a really nice soundtrack on CD as well as the vinyl soundtrack, and there's a nice art deco book um, of all the character art as well. It's just a really nice put-together package. Good stuff. Okay, so Next question I saw from uh, from Stuart Neal. Yeah, while waiting for games to download, install or update, what's your go-to comfort food? Well, I thought it was a nice question and then I thought about it. And I thought, mm, it's usually updated by the time I get home. So, um, because I have it an auto-update, so I don't eat anything. Well, you see, back in, uh, back in the dark old days of the last podcast... Um, oh, before the I fancy new broadband... Before the fancy new broadband I'm rocking now, with its uh, with its seventy to eighty meg download and twenty meg upload, before that, with my with my two and a half meg download, I could have waited literally days for a game to download. So my my go to comfort food of choice could have been easily a three course meal at dinner, um, and then breakfast, <laughs> and then lunch, and Fair then enough. probably dinner again. Fair um, enough. And now it's just so quick, I don't even have time to make a snack. <laughs> yeah. I, I, no, I, I think it's a really good question because I, I did see it and I did start thinking, okay, well, what, what do I? What do I do? And I thought, well, I don't, I don't really do anything. I usually say going, I don't eat. I might go off and do something else. Um, but if I know there's an update or there's DLC or I'm waiting for an install, I will tend to try and do it when I come in. When I get usually when I get in from work, set it going, 
go off and do what I usually do, which is, is usually washing up a bit of cooking, whatever it happens to be, then it's all ready for when I sit down. So um, it's not eat, but I will tend to go off and do boring household jobs while I'm waiting. Next time you have an interview and they ask you about, you know, give us an example of, uh, of your time management skills. I want you to use that. <laughs> well, I can, I can get through, uh, through half an hour of washing up and cook a meal whilst I'm waiting for a 40 gig download. <laughs> yeah, I, I deliberately set the download going and then do my household chores. <laughs> then there are no excuses for not being able to play. Um, and then we've had another question from Mike Tack, which is what five, oh, this is a good question. What five games of the recent past would you like to see on PlayStation VR and think can realistically work? So oh, we, that we is kind of a belting question. That is a belting question because I think we've talked a little bit about this in the past, but that got me thinking. And so go on then. You you give me yeah. you give me one to start with. Well, well, the first one that popped into my head bizarrely was um, Red Dead Redemption. Interestingly enough, the first one that came into my head was another Rockstar game, which was the um, GTA Five, but especially the first person yeah, uh, we- mode. We've talked about GTA Five before as a potential for VR, and I I think yeah it'd be brilliant. Um, but for some reason, like I said, it was of the Rockstar games. It was Red Dead that dropped into my head, and I just thought of immersing yourself in the cowboy world. I would love GTA Five as a VR experience. I think I would like Red Dead more. Okay, as long as you promise not to shoot blue jeans, it's fine. Well, there's only one game for first-person Dobbin killing. <laughs> I think a lot of the Rockstar games would actually work. And, and you said we put our heads together and we both come up with those and then kind of decided, I mean, well, we'd just bundle it into the Rockstar open-world genre because I think they would all work. It, it comes down to as well, uh, when, when he says realistically work, now do we mean would it work as a premise or would it realistically work? And I, I don't think there's the power there to make GTA 5 work stereoscopically. It depends in first person mode. It, it depends how it's processed and whether that f- special little box that comes that links to your glasses um actually does a lot of that processing for you and takes the grunt out of the machine. I I don't know. I don't know if it's realistically possible or not. Um Red Dead might be more realistic realistically possible with it being a slightly older game. I think other than other than five, I think my favourite GTA game of all time is uh, got to be Vice City, and that that they could make work. You see, I, I San Andreas I liked more than Vice City. That's because you're an idiot. <laughs> I just it was a better game. No, it wasn't. And it, it didn't have the Lance Vance dance. It, it didn't, but it did have Axl Rose on the radio, so it that won. Swung it for you. <laughs> It swung it, and I didn't even realize it was Axel Rose until I read the manual. <laughs> but yeah, it was. No, I just, I just preferred it. I, I like the scope of um, San Andreas over um, Vice City. I thought there was more variety. But anyway, that's digressing. Rockstar games, yeah, in in one of the slots of the five. Okay, okay. So what else? Uh, the second one that popped into my head was Burnout Paradise. That's a good choice, or um, any of the Burnout games, really. Any of them, and it's that simple fact that with the burnout games, I always use a bumper cam to race with because it, it, I like the impression of speed that it gives because the quick games anyway. But I like that that uncluttered view; you're just seeing what's in front of you. Um, but your challenge was always sideswiping people. Now with VR uh, and potentially a cockpit cam, then that ability to turn and look and see where people are is perfect. 
and that's what made me think on Burnout Paradise. You could just you'd have a much better spatial awareness for that combat style racing. Can you imagine the crash cams and things like that though in um, in full VR? Oh, to put the <laughs> positioning yourself and watching the crash happen around you. Just be amazing, wouldn't it? Yeah. We will return to your scheduled programming shortly, or we are currently experiencing technical difficulties. Just a slight technical break there. That was the point at which Matt's memory card filled up, and we had to resort to the backup recording, which is the the direct feed I had from uh, from the Hangouts video chat that we were using, which was a bit noisy uh, and not the greatest quality, but at least we can hear what he's actually saying. I was trying to trying to think of things that were a little bit unusual, but that would really work on VR. And the one I came up with was um, House of the Dead Overkill. Oh, that is an interesting one because it was it was actually a really good on rails shooter on the PS3 that that used the move controllers, and it's the the only game I've ever enjoyed using the the sharp shooter. Yeah, it it did work well for that. Very very well. We tried that. that. We tried that with the Sokum game, didn't we? With the Sokum. A confrontation, wasn't it? That's yeah. the one we did it with. And it, it just, it was too faffy to be enjoyable. Work, it? Yeah. I mean, it, it did for the aiming, but it was just the whole movement control and it was cumbersome and, and difficult. But yeah, I could see I could see House of the Dead. When you've got the ability to look and, and pinpoint and react that bit faster. Okay, and what else, what else do we get? That, that's three, isn't it, we've got now? That's, that's three, because uh, we've lumped all the Rockstar ones together. Now, my my last one, and, and I thought of it, and then I've gone, oh, but they are doing a VR game. Um, but I'm going to stick with it because actually it, it would have been phenomenal if it was this game at the time. Um, Ace Combat Assault Horizon. Because any flying game where you do have that ability to really check out what's going on around you um, and enjoy the absolutely gorgeous environments that you've managed to get out of, hey, that Assault Horizon, that was it. Is that PS2 game or did it just hit PS3? I can't remember, but it was it was phenomenal looking. They always were, whatever platform they were on. So yeah, I, I think that as a VR experience as a as a fight pilot would be impressive. But I think the next Ace Combat game is VR. If Ace Combat turns out that it is going to be a VR game, I'm going to whip that one out. But Colony Wars Vengeance as a VR game. That I would pay money for. I was racking my brains trying to think of the last one, and then it just it suddenly seemed so obvious. Hitman. I've put oh. so much time into that. So much time into this game over the past couple of months, and I just thought, actually, it is the kind of game where you, you have your third-person view, but with the VR headset, you're totally immersed, and you can look around you. You oh, can yeah. just, you know, okay, is it is it safe to is it safe to kill this guy? I'll just have a peek round behind me. Yeah, no one's there. Perfect. No, I think that would be that would be a game a game that work exceptionally well, and it's not um, it's not ultra fast. It it works at a decent pace, so that you're not going to potentially not going to get that motion sickness and, and the high speed movement. It's steady, methodical, considered. Yeah, yeah, that could work. That could really work as a VR game. Yeah, I thought that'd be a lot of fun. So uh, that's our five. So all the Rockstar games. <laughs> All the Rockstar open world games. Uh, Burnout. Burnout Paradise. Yeah, definitely. House of the Dead Overkill, yeah. Ace Combat, and Hitman. So that's, that's I'm, our I'm, five. I'm swapping Ace Combat. Colony Wars. Colony Wars. Colony Wars. Okay. That was, that was my favourite one. 
I keep coming up with new ones. XCOM. Now, I saw XCOM 2 is coming to console, uh, I, I think, know. in September. Yes, um, I know. I'm very excited. Th- that means that um, it means you will have to put down No Man's Sky to play XCOM. I, I could do that. Yeah. I don't think I could do that easy. So, yeah, actually, yes, good thinking. Good thinking, actually. That XCOM, that style of game, that being able to move your viewpoint and examine your surroundings, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Okay, so if you yep. can think of five better games of the recent past that you'd like to see on PlayStation VR, then why don't you drop us a line? You can email us to contact-us at codecmoments.com or you can tweet us to at codecmoments. Or even hit our Facebook group and get your details on there. Yeah, absolutely. Join our Facebook community. Do you know what? I might even put that up as a, a community question, actually, on um on the Facebook group. Yeah, That's I, such think, a good I one. think it's a worthy one, yes. Right, thanks, Mike. Thanks, Stuart. Thanks to everybody for uh, getting involved. I think I think that's about us for for this podcast. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks for listening definitely through the rambling description of how good it momentum is changing. It's generally not that complicated. And we'll hopefully see all your pledges soon. Yeah, so uh, thanks very much, and we will see you soon. See you soon. Bye-bye. Bye.